0: Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed.
1: One day, Lucky, one day, I hope to make my sexual debut. Oh, really? Yes. This is the new term that the wokeness uh, crowd would like to replace virginity with. Okay, what's wrong with virginity? Well, some feminists believe... That there is a need to replace the word virginity, partially because the word has been built up to frame female sexuality as a treasure that can be taken or lost or given away, I guess. Okay, right. I give you my virginity. Uh, One woke writer has a proposal replacing virginity with sexual debut. The idea is that it makes the beginning of sexuality more positive so that women don't begin their journey at a deficit. Okay, I get it. But uh but don't don't men lose their virginity as well? Hoping to one day. <laughs> Maria says if I'm a good boy this fall we're looking up.
0: Twenty twenty five or so years yeah. in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you never know. Um yeah, we both do. And and I I yes, I I guess I do. Uh, see it. The thing with the woke crowd is, and and I agree with some of it, you know, there are some things that certainly need fixing and changing and and a different understanding. But the problem is that they look at our current state of affairs in the year 2021 with just distaste and chagrin. They they don't like anything. Everything's wrong. There's a problem. And the, the thing with thinking that way is As much as there are some stuff that still needs to be fixed, and there's some real issues in our world today, we've come a long way in a lot of things. We're much better off, and we're in a better headspace, and we're more understanding of things now than we were, you know, back when women had to wear chastity belts. Right. Or when doctors
0: thought that a woman's
1: menstrual cycle was an
0: illness. Right. Yeah, I I understand though the the concept, or I guess the thought process behind it. And I, I I must admit, with a lot of the woke stuff, it's just because we hadn't thought of it before, mm. right? That okay, you know, uh, for a women a woman giving up her virginity, she goes from virginal or or innocent pure. and pure yeah. to something you know sexualized and you know in some senses used by someone, yeah, or considered dirty, dirty, right? You know the the wedding. For one, right, being well, you know, you go to a wedding now and say, "Well, I don't know why that dress is white, right?" <laughs> right. But that white dress was a sign of you know, virginal purity mm-hmm. before, and that's why they they wore it. No one ever said anything about the guy's tux, right? Right, It didn't matter whether or not well, was he a virgin or not. Right. Is his first opportunity? It was just never considered mm-hmm. uh, that that way, right? Yeah, there was a story that I heard years ago from in-laws.
1: And this is a great example of how the world has changed for the better, especially for women. That when a woman got married on her wedding night, or the next morning, I guess, she had to put on display the bed sheet to confirm that she was indeed a virgin going into the marriage. Oh, yeah. See, we've improved in some areas. (laughs) You don't see a lot of that hanging out over somebody's uh, balcony anymore. Right so yeah i I'm going with uh opening night. Oh, is that's that, my my new thing is it, it's opening night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: intercourse inauguration in <laughs> i guess I guess that would work. Mm. I mean, it's showtime for right. some. For some, it's a very short show. <laughs> <laughs> catch, Didn't even get started <laughs> catch the catch the mat,
1: matinee. <laughs> yeah, with my intercourse inauguration, I'd have the whole thing to a band. The reading of the, the Bible, hands on the Bible. <laughs> Just like they do at the, in front of the White House. Right. The whole thing. Someone, someone would read a poem. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Read dickory a poem. dickory dock. It would be a haiku. It would be very short. <laughs>
1: So there was an auction of a bunch of Michael Jordan's clothing, for whatever reason. I don't think he needs any help paying the bills every right, month. Yes. From that uh, Last Dance documentary, it looks like he lives in a pretty nice house and has a pretty good life. I'm sure he saved a few
0: dollars from his years as a basketball player. And I, I, I had to take the boys' shoe shopping on the weekend. I've seen his sneakers. Yeah. They, uh, it's not like they come down in price. No.
1: No. He does just fine. Anyhow, maybe it was all for charity. Probably something like that. And uh, a pair of his used undies, his boxers, were on the auction block. And someone paid $2,700 for them. Really? 2784 to be exact. Now, they were probably clean. They weren't fouled because there was a dry cleaning tag that came along with it. But according to the list... They showed evidence of definite use. Oh. <laughs> a little wear and tear. Wow. Maybe, a, maybe a, parts of the uh, the uh, waistband stretched out a touch or maybe a, a rip or two in them, perhaps. Oh. Who dry um, cleans their undies? Yeah, well, Michael Jordan does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because he can.
0: <laughs> do, they have, do they even have laundry rooms in, uh, in in mansions like that? Do you need them? Do you need one if no. you're just going to have a service that does it? Yeah. Well, maybe for the uh, for the help for the help
1: to do it, yeah, to uh, to, uh, to wash your undies and the linens. Yeah, you know, I've often thought that if ever I had to uh, take care of myself, say the lovely Marie and I decided to go our separate oh, ways. Oh, gotcha! Yeah, the one thing I would struggle with
0: would be laundry. Well, you don't even know how to work the
1: machine. No, don't even know where it is in my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I've never seen it. I've heard it. But it's a big house, too. It's never, a very big You never house. passed it on the way to the lake down there? <laughs> it's in the servants' quarters, and I'm never over there.
0: <laughs> Ever since watching Downton Abbey, I have all my help now. Call me my lord. Right. Yeah. I'm just wondering if, if, uh, if Michael Jordan's undies, like, if he, I think he was probably one of the first to wear, like, the boxer brief, mm. right? Like, or the, that kind of spandex lycra mm-hmm. uh, short underneath his basketball shorts. Some of his suits,
1: hey, eh? you look back at that last dance documentary, some of the suits he wore, they could literally be a tent now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They
0: were so huge. They were almost like clown outfits. Yeah, they were well, so those big. would be like drapes in my house. Oh,
1: yeah. Those jackets. Well, I mean, he was a big man anyhow. But the pants, everything was just so baggy. I mean, compared to suits day I was at a wedding... Uh, last Saturday, I was at least at the church. We all went to the church, and then it was just a family affair for the reception. Mm-hmm. And we were all outside waiting for the bride and groom to come out. And uh, so there were a lot of young people there, and uh some were wearing suits some weren't but boy oh boy when you look at it you are literally sliding into a, a rubber tube <laughs> in a suit these days <laughs> yeah. i mean everything is so and it looks like the jacket is gonna rip open it yeah. like, everything looks it's to the point now that suits look too small
0: they oh, look guys. uncomfortable now
1: well you, and of course i guess part of it is at the bottom now you see part of the colored sock you're, and, you're hemming up yeah. and, and i don't understand the no sock
0: Mm. in dress shoes as well i'm a no sock guy in closed shoes but yeah not in a dress shoe yeah that's what you see it's the hockey guys now they gotta show yeah. them walking into the I into guess. the arena right now
1: yeah. how are you doing that no i'd rather be in a michael jordan suit <laughs> that's just like a house coat you can have a nice nap in it <laughs> anyhow they were uh they were auctioning off uh, his suits his coats some dress shirts and ties and uh Someone's now walking around with a used pair of Michael Jordan's
0: underwear. <laughs> Just walk into that memory of a man yeah. cave. What do you got there? Jordan's undies. People were asked uh,
1: how old they were the first time they got excited about an adult purchase. <laughs> okay. And most people said around 22. Which wow. seems to me to be older because if I think of an exciting adult purchase... When I was younger, the first one would have been a car. Right, yeah. And it would have been like
0: 17 or something. Yeah, but kids aren't rushing to drive no. anymore. It's, it's, it's yeah. a different world. Yeah. Uh, certainly, I mean, you know, for you and I and anyone born before probably 1990, mm. uh, the day you could turn 16 and go out and get your learner's permit, mm-hmm. uh, you were rushing to do so and get in the car and, and rushing to get into... You know your your full license, whether it's going through like young drivers or some kind of driver's ed. Yeah, like you couldn't wait to get your license and get out and about, and and now it's just different. Like you don't have to to get your license to run to McDonald's and and take the car to get something. You just Uber it to you.
1: Yeah, no, and and look, I, growing up when you were a teenager of a certain time, the house that you lived in with your parents was boring. Right, there was nothing going on. <laughs> sure. You wanted to go see the world. Now it's it's all at your fingertips, right in your home. Um, but when asked about kind of lame adult purchases, uh, when when you finally went, oh, I guess I'm becoming an adult. Things like buying a vacuum cleaner. Okay, you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's a sign that uh, you know you're. Uh, you're getting up there. Um, the average person doesn't feel like an adult until they're about 25. And uh, signs of uh, you becoming an adult uh, when you start saving some money doing taxes on your own, or at least paying to have your taxes done. Sticking to a budget, buying life insurance. Right. Uh, making regular doctor's appointments. Uh, many of us feel like our friends are significantly better at adulting than we are. And that's probably a social media problem. Yeah. see photos of... Other parents and their kids, and you look at your rugrats, and
0: they look like pig pen. Not only that, everyone's posting pictures of these massive houses that they're (laughs) they're in with a couple of, you know, European cars in the driveway, Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, what am I doing wrong?
1: Meanwhile, they just stopped in front of some stranger's home. (laughs) Everybody, huddle. Huddle around the bends. Quick, take the photo. And parents say uh, that having kids has made them a more careful driver. And just under a third said they're more likely to read nutritional
0: labels now. Too, you don't have to be a more sodium. you don't have to be a more careful driver. you've just got to put stick figures of your family nice. in the car, and people will be more careful around oh, you. That's right that's
1: exactly. <laughs> they oh, I didn't know you had a baby on board i uh, I wanted to uh wave down a guy and pull him over and shake his hand one day when on the back of his truck, it said, "I don't give an F about your stick kids." <laughs> Thought uh, Jamie Spears, Britney Spears' father, was a uh, was a bit of a creep. If you've seen any of these documentaries, and uh, he always seemed to be uh, something off about this guy. But there's a news story uh, with this uh, new documentary on Hulu called "Controlling Britney Spears," which really puts him into the creep camp. If this story is true, it is claimed by a guy who worked for a security firm that Jamie Spears hired them to spy on Britney. First, they set up an encryption system on her phone so that Jamie would see any emails or texts she sent or received. And then they claim that uh, Jamie had them set up some kind of listening device in her bedroom. Wow. He says, uh, the guy from the uh, security firm says he was once ordered to destroy some of the recordings that were made from him because it was stuff... They didn't want anyone to ever hear. Yeah, Jamie, I don't think you should be listening in on your daughter's bedroom conversations and noises. A well, in her,
0: in her house, no less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she bought and paid for. But uh, on top of that, I just—I guess it lead, lends a lot of credence to the free Britney, you know, like prisoner movement, yeah. right? That she was kind of captain captive in her own environment. I had heard recently; you know, she just got engaged after the. Uh, you know, he gave up that uh, controllership or whatever it was that they call it conservatorship over top of her. Mm. Um, that uh, she just got engaged to her, her long-time boyfriend. Until that point, they couldn't be in a car together. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's yeah. how, how controlling, controlling it was. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a
1: very strange situation. I mean, obviously, she had those mental health issues. At one point, she had that breakdown, but well, I mean, if you've got that kind of control yeah. over top of you, maybe that's Part of it. A bit much. Well, you know, it, it really does. Uh, boy, oh, boy, you forget uh, what it was like still back in the early 90s when she uh, popped on the scene. I mean, she came out of those uh, shopping mall appearances, and she was so young when she first hit. And the way people treated her, I mean, she was so sexualized. Right. Uh, and, and everything was, she was... She was put upon. She was looked down upon. She was referred to as being, um, you know, slutty. Or even when she broke up with uh, Justin Timberlake, it was her fault, not his. And she really went through the the mill
0: there early on. No wonder she uh, kind of fell apart at one point. Yeah. I, 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 well, I don't disagree. I mean, she didn't have to do what she did in those videos, right? No, but she shouldn't have been treated that way just because she did.
1: Right. You know, it's uh, it's not like she was doing porn. She was no. dancing around in a schoolgirl outfit. And right. Sure, uh, of course. Uh, you know, like I was no saint. I thought she was very attractive. Uh, you know, when I was a younger man too. But just now, when you go back and you look and you see, like even professional uh, interviewers and the way they spoke to her, right. right? In a kind of a very belittling fashion. Anyhow, um, William Shatner, Captain Kirk. Is going to ride Jeff Bezos' giant penis into space. (laughs) The captain, the captain's 90 years old now. Is he really? Yeah. Uh, There was a previous record for the oldest uh, person in space, and that was only back in July when 82 year old Wally Funk rode the penis. (laughs) Uh, William Shatner can't even let Wally Funk hold that title for real. No. one
0: second. Well, although it is kind of cool that Captain Kirk will be going up into space finally. I just, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear the transmission when they ask him, you know, <laughs> it's one step for a man. By the time he's done, he'll be back down. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll All the finish. pauses and delays. Yeah, even on we'll the finish. <laughs> You're not up there anymore, Will.
1: I am so upset. Wedding Crashers 2 has been halted and might not see the light of day because Owen Wilson had committed to doing a Disney movie, a new Haunted Mansion movie. Oh. And so he doesn't have the time now to do Wedding Crashers. I guess the script was all in place. They had a director. They had all the original cast, I guess, outside of Bradley Cooper and maybe Christopher Walken. Right. And Vince Vaughn was in and Rachel McAdams and Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher, Yeah, I, I always say her name wrong. Isla Fisher. Um... But yeah now it's all they've all got to wait and the problem with making a movie one of the big problems is just scheduling you know yeah. and and so their handlers will say okay for this 6 weeks or 3 months or whatever time it takes you're going to make this movie then you're on to your next project and they might not be able to get the three of them or the four of them all together again for some
0: time right well yeah we were talking last week about this new super mario brothers movie that's coming and, and like a massive cast yeah you know, big names a part of it but it's an animated movie so you mm. can just kind of get them in on their own at their own schedule on their own time right. you don't right. have to get everyone together to do filming of this right while i was off i was reading seth rogan's uh, yearbook uh, yeah he's in it he's yeah, he's in this new he'll movie be donkey kong i think oh yeah. cool uh,
1: it's a great read, and and it's amazing that he put this out kind of mid-career, because it's a type of book you'd put out at the end of your career when you don't care if you burn some bridges, oh, and maybe okay. he doesn't, because he really calls out some people. You know, he tells like, um, just some, some interesting stories. He was talking about, not that Dennis Miller necessarily matters to many people anymore, but he was talking about Dennis Miller, the comedian, his brother is named Jimmy, and Jimmy is, I guess, a big-time agent manager in, okay. in Hollywood. And so he, in, in his writing, he's talking about how Jimmy did something to somebody he knows. And then at the end of it, he kind of goes, Oh, and by the way, Dennis Miller, not funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a, a few moments like that in the book where he calls somebody out or... Uh, It's a a pretty interesting read, though, if you're a a fan of Seth Rogen. And I guess he took some real heat after the Emmys, too. You saw what he got up and did at the beginning of the Emmys. Right, yes. I wouldn't have been here if I knew we were all going to be crowded in this room. Yeah. Well, the producers were were really upset with him because I guess they had gone to... Great lengths to make sure everybody would be safe.
0: Well, his his beef was that he said it was an outdoor venue, mm-hmm. but it was a big, massive tent that right. right, have to be outside, mm-hmm. but they were all under it. Yeah, right, so. yeah. Well, he was
1: probably stoned and paranoid. True. That was probably the problem. <laughs> we welcome Ted Reader to Rock Mornings. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Teddy, how are you?
2: I'm doing all right. Yeah? No
1: complaint. You know... Yeah. Uh, Ted, it's very rare that I uh, go on Facebook or anybody's site and the minute I see photos that you've shared, my stomach churns with hunger. Mm. You posted a photo, I think it's from a couple of years ago, where a buddy of yours gave you a big slab of bacon and you you've smoked it and then you, you see you whipping through it, cutting it up. And when you display that big hunk of bacon, oh my God, do I get hungry.
2: Oh, that pork belly, I remember that. That, mm-hmm. was, from, uh, that was actually from March. 12th 2020 the okay. day before the pandemic oh. uh, lockdowns all started right. up yeah yeah it was pretty tasty pork belly i tell you at the joint we make a pretty wicked pork belly burnt ends and uh, that'll that'll get you melting
1: well i'll tell you something i enjoyed actually on the weekend i was up at uh, stonehenge playing some golf and they've got your uh, is it your garlicky uh spicy
2: sausage They got our our smoked sausage out of the joint, uh, our burger, and then our pulled pork as well.
1: Really, really good. A tasty sausage up there. And I saw a big, big container of your woozy sauce, and I knew that's going somewhere good in my
2: gullet. (laughs) Based that on your burgers. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's pretty tasty, pretty tasty.
1: The other thing I noticed uh, that you had, and I don't think that I've ever um, been aware that you could do this, is you had a photo where you were cooking, I believe it was some trout, And then you took the skin off after the fish was cooked, and then you fried that up, or you barbecued that. You you turn the trout skin into bacon, or a trout bacon, I guess. I didn't realize you can eat the skin off a fish.
2: Oh, yeah, you can off salmon, off of any fish you want, as long as the scales have been removed. And uh, you get that skin nice and crispy, and it's absolutely delicious. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Salmon skin is awesome. Often you you just have to make sure if you do you can make salmon skin bacon. So you take the skin off the the fish, mm-hmm. and you got to make sure that you scrape as much of the 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 fat and any of the the meat off of that skin, so it's just the skin. And then salt it and put it in a low oven, 200 degrees, and just let it dry on a rack, and it gets nice and crispy. Salt it up a little bit of fresh dill, and then you got crispy, crunchy uh, salmon bacon. Mm.
0: Well, that sounds great, Ted, although fish is usually not my go-to right away. And what it is, is you know, everyone knows is steak and beef. But I've never had beef cheeks, and I saw you do uh, a special with it at the joint not too long ago. And, I mean, right away, I I hear beef cheeks, and my stomach turns a little bit, thinking of, is that really a, a part of the animal that I want to be eating? But it looks so flippin' good.
2: Yeah, you do want to eat it, and you should suck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Is this... this Like, (laughs) like Chef... I'll tell you, Chef Bender up at the joint, uh, Ezio there. We call these Ezios juicy cheeks because the guy's got these big juicy cheeks on his face. He's a gorgeous little guy. (laughs) I love him the way that he makes all the barbecue at the joint. And uh, these uh, beef cheeks are absolutely loaded with flavor. And we cook them low and slow and with wild cherry wood, just a little bit of salt and pepper on the outside of them, smoke them till they hit about an internal temperature of 170. We then wrap them in paper and then we pop them back into the smoker and we take them up to 203 degrees when they just melt. And mm. that's the end of it. And so we did, we ran some uh, beef cheek sliders. Uh, as a special and they were they're mighty mighty tasty yeah really? when you see beef cheeks or pork cheeks uh on the menu the cheeks are like above and beyond they are really full of flavor oh yeah you know it's, they it's, are uh, they are a delicacy and you don't get them that often and uh if you see them you should try them because they're they're outstanding
1: You know, one of the things, Ted, and and you speak of beef cheeks and and we were just talking about the skin off of fish and all these things that we normally would never consider eating, and for so many of us, our, 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 our food and, and the, the things we eat is such a narrow path for so many of us because we're just not sure what to do with certain foods. And, you know, we've we've all uh, perhaps stepped into like an Asian market or a, a grocery store of, 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 of another country where you see all these unique and amazing things. But we just look at it and go, well, I don't know what the hell to do with it. So why bother buying it? and We
2: lose out on so many options. You do. You do. Um, you know, if you see, you know, a tongue, you know, beef tongue is, is strong and pungent. But if you take a veal tongue, it's a little bit sweeter. If you take a lamb's tongue, it's even sweeter and more delicate. And it's just, a man, you know, looking up and you can through through Google is is look up any kind of recipe of any kind of cut of meat and find something from around the globe on how to do it. And it expands your your repertoire of what you're cooking. And you're having some more fun and experiencing different flavors. Um, you know, you've eaten a pork chop. And you know what that tastes like. You mm-hmm. know what pork tenderloin tastes like. So why would the pig tail taste any different right. than the rest of the meat? Right. It's just going to be a little bit fattier, and it's going to have some um, cartilage in there. And you've got to work to get the meat off of the bone. But a pig's tail, when it's properly cooked, will just melt in your mouth and be absolutely fantastic. So you just have to try the stuff. You don't have to jump in and go, okay, I'm having eyeballs tomorrow. That's, <laughs> that, that, that might be a little bit too extreme. We'll leave that for my son, <laughs> right? But there are there are, every part of the animal is is a delicious part, and you just have to do the research and, and figure out how to cook it. Um, it, it, it. It's it's exciting to be able to mm. experiment with different flavors, and you know if you've never had goat, well, Google it, and maybe buy a goat leg or buy up some diced goat and make a goat stew and see how it works. And play and mm. experiment in the fl- in the kitchen, and you'll have so much more to offer—not just yourself in flavors, but your family and your friends.
1: Well, Ted, you know, from a very young age to even now, when it comes to food names, the one that always made me giggle from the very time, very first time I heard it to now is chicken balls
2: <laughs> chicken balls <laughs> always make me giggle
1: all right teddy if people want to get a hold of you to talk grilling and then of course head off head on over to Helinda's meats to get up the good stuff uh, to get grilling how do they get a hold of you Pally?
2: you're going to find me in the social media world at ted grills or at ted Reader barbecue the joint rock mornings with, with Craig Venn and, and Lucky, Lucky. 949 the rock